absolutely, you absolutely crush it, so nice job. Thank you, appreciate it. That's the main goal. Yeah. Try not to let the genetics down. No, no. no you're, you're, very, your father would be very proud. Thank so, you. Awesome, awesome job. You're watching a very special edition of the Blue Angel Phantoms podcast. On this episode, we're joined by Harley Hall, who was recently invited by the Blue Angels to participate in a VIP flight to honor his father, Captain Harley H. Hall, who served as the team's flight leader in 1970 and 1971 and was the last naval aviator shot down during the Vietnam War. Harley opens up about the internal pressures he placed on himself to have a good flight and represent both his father's legacy and the teams that served with him. Harley also offers insight into how he managed the high G-forces during his flight and his appreciation for his pilot, Lieutenant Commander Zimmerman, who tested his limits. Before closing out, Harley shares a very personal moment of reflection that he experienced in the hours that followed his flight. All this and more, so please join me in welcoming Harley Hall to the podcast. All right, welcome back to the Blue Angel Phantoms podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Notoff, and my guest is two days removed from a VIP flight with the Blue Angels at Point Magoo. Harley Hall, it is great seeing you again, my friend. Ah, uh, good seeing you, Ryan. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, two days removed. How are you feeling? Are you sore? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of the process we can definitely dive into. Um, so basically from my hips down, I am extremely sore. It feels like I, I was uh, deadlifting for like six hours straight where uh, my wife found it pretty hilarious watching me try to go down the stairs and whatnot. Cause I'm just kind of like a walking mess, but I'm starting to come out of it now, but it, it was really interesting. It, uh, the day of the flight, nothing at all. In fact, like, I don't even think I went to bed till 12 that night. So I was up from five to 12. And then the next day I started feeling it in my, uh, my butt and then it slowly moved into my thighs my calves have been fine but yeah it it, it definitely has an, uh, an effect it's definitely a workout gotcha well i'm looking forward to diving in about your ride before we do that i want to talk about your dad just a little bit um as he's is part of the reason for this ride but your dad for people that don't know captain harley h hall was the boss of the blue angels in 1970 and 1971 that beautiful f4 phantom air that we celebrate so much and beloved by all that served with him for his leadership his charisma he just had that all-around cool factor and uh like so many blue angels do your dad went back to the fleet after his time on the blue angels and it was during uh the conflict in vietnam went back to combat uh sadly the last day of vietnam january 27th 1973 your dad was the last naval aviator shot down over vietnam and has since not been returned um obviously over the years the blue angels have not forgotten your father's sacrifice and his legacy and they've honored it in a variety of different ways and that continued this weekend at point magoo uh by offering you a ride in the blue angels uh specifically a, a backseat ride number seven so what does it mean to you and what does it mean to your family uh for the blue angels to honor uh, your father in uh, such a beautiful way. Well, naturally it, it is an extreme honor. Like I'm quite aware of how rare the VIP rides are for one and to uh, be offered one is, is just beyond amazing. Um, you know, in retrospect of my father, it um, that's really how I treated the ride, you know, of course I was there <laughs> and I was in the airplane, but for me, I really want to represent 
him and I really wanted to represent the Navy and I really wanted to represent the 7071 team. And that was my main goal going into this was really having a good representation of what that was and for everybody that's been involved. You know, the association alone has been incredible. I've had through the years multiple times where uh, they have definitely made recognition to them and, and kind of kept the story alive and the, the memory alive and the respect, you know, and, and that really means quite a bit to say the least to our family. Um, you know, naturally uh, the loss was large, but you know, that comes with the job is is kind of how we look at it and um yeah it just i think overall it was just probably the right time and the right place for it on the 50th anniversary you know it, it's it's a little tough for me as far as you know every time i have a birthday it's kind of a remembrance of uh you know the loss of my father and and that's just uh kind of the way that um the way that it goes um but you know overall there's a tremendous amount of positivity that has come out of it and and the legacy that you know has lived on and and the motivation i think that has been passed on the future de generations and and whatnot has just been spectacular. So for me, I, I, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier with them giving me that opportunity. But like you said, more so uh, for what it represented, which was my father and the Navy and the type of people that are in the Navy and how well they, they hold themselves and uh, really create that that image for future generations. Uh, that's just something that I've experienced in my childhood. And it was quite prevalent in this last flight that everybody you encounter is a, some of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. And two, some of the most mentally strong people you're going to ever meet. I, I, I never run across somebody that did not hold both of those qualities. And I thought that was very important as a leadership skill to be able to demonstrate that, that you could actually be the strongest leader and one of the nicest people that somebody could, could meet. So I thought that was, you know, exceptional that that has just not changed through my 50 years of uh, interacting with the Navy and all the personnel. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. And uh, but you didn't know that this ride was coming your way, as you kind of referenced. And so you got a you got a phone call that you weren't expecting. It's a bit comical. So if you don't mind recounting <laughs> that story for this audience, I think they're going to love it. Yeah. So actually, my beautiful wife uh, doing what she does best, which is kindness, um, somehow managed to to get this initiated. She definitely had a large part and. From there, there was uh, multiple individuals that, that definitely played a part from my dad's team all the way down to um, Captain Tom Frosch, uh, George Dom. You know, there was very pivotal people that played a part, but it was very interesting in the sense that um, 
I think I was making us dinner and my wife said, you know, I'm going to go get the mail, which I, I thought that was a little weird because she always puts that one on me. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I got kind of a break from the, the mail run tonight. <laughs> so I was cooking dinner and she came in and she was talking to somebody and literally the way it sounded, I was like, oh no, she got kind of hook lined by a salesman was my initial thought. And she was talking to this person and I was just kind of doing my thing. I had just come off of work. And then she said, well, here, let me uh, let you talk to my husband. And I kind of gave her a look like, oh, I don't need the the used car salesman thing right now. And, and it, anyways, the voice on the other, other line said, uh, is this Harley Hall? And I very bluntly <laughs> said, yes, who is this? <laughs> and uh, the commander said, this is the commander of the, the uh, Blue Angels and kind of revealed everything that, uh, that was going to tr- transpire. And ultimately, like I, I usually don't end up uh, short for words, but I, I definitely kind of was. I felt a little bad that I, you know, obviously didn't know it was him, but it, it was a surprise. And uh, and they basically just revealed the flight. I think the one thing that um, stood out was I, I definitely told them, you know, this is something that I personally would never have asked for. I've I've always been very humble. I think it's very important to be uh, humble when it comes to, you know, my dad's history. And, and I never have ever wanted to put myself forward beyond that to, to kind of, I don't know how you would say it, create like uh, some type of barrier between that and the Navy and whatnot. So I've always taken a definite backseat. And so I, I basically um, told him, you know, I would never have asked for something like this. And he said, nope, I, that's exactly what we heard about you. And, and this is what's going to go down. And we really look forward to, uh, to having you out there and, and the experience and the XO's right behind me. And, uh, and that's kind of how it transpired. And then it basically, uh, took me about, 24 hours to really start sinking in of, of what was going to transpire and that, you know, I better kind of get my, you know, what together pretty fast here for the, uh, experience. So it, it definitely was a shock. I, um, I'm very detail oriented. So I would imagine it was very hard for my wife to maneuver around me without me figuring out the aspects of, all the planning and whatnot. So, um, and I know that you obviously had a little, little word about it too. So it, it was, it was definitely a good experience. It was, it was dumbfounding to say the least when I, when I received that phone call and, uh, you know, I definitely wasn't a used car salesman. <laughs> well, I had nothing to do with it. I had heard about it and I was told to keep my mouth shut. Yes. Yeah. I did that. So I was happy. Yeah. I was able to, you know, but um, you know, you mentioned your 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 attention to detail. So let's talk about your prep. I mean, did you start going to the gym, or you know, what, how did you prep for this? So this is what's really unique about it, and and nobody um, actually knows this thus far because I, you know, I did worry me, and I wanted to see how it would play out. So naturally, when I got the phone call, 
you know, that was one thing. And the next day I started YouTubing to see how, how, how much information I could find and more so how to start these, uh, G compressions and, and really try to get ahead of the game. And, and one of the first things I started was by really doing stomach crunches on the ground. Um, that started immediately. And then weird enough for the first time I ended up getting COVID. <laughs> And that really kind of, well, two things went through my head was like, oh my, you know, I've made it this long and I finally got COVID. And two, is this going to interfere with the flight? But more so I knew I had enough time to test um, negative, which I did in about eight days. But I kept thinking, well, you know, I almost feel like it's a blessing, you know, to be getting it now because it's almost ensuring that we're not going to have this complication, you know, come flight time. And, and Erica followed me up with the COVID too, about two days later. Um, the only thing I will say is um, if anybody's had COVID, you know, there's probably about two weeks until I felt like I really had all my energy back. And then there was, kind of the slight lingering, you know, where I would breathe out every now and then and get like a single cough. And I kept thinking, oh, I, I really hope this isn't going to affect the flight, <laughs> you know? So it, it it was a little worrisome, but, you know, it all worked out. And I would say uh, two to three weeks before the flight, like I was, I was pretty good to go. Um, as far as, exercises whatnot you know I didn't really do that much I know that you know I uh I hit about ugh, six to seven hundred golf balls a week so I hit about six days a week and um full power you know hitter on that and uh there's definitely a lot of walking involved in my life I didn't I didn't go back to the gym I more was just uh before the golf I used to go to the gym six days a week and then then I switched over and started doing the golf. Um, so preparation wise, it was really for me trying to understand how they are able to, to push off the effects of the G's. I thought that's what was going to help me the most. So it was really a lot of studying when it came down to that and trying to understand that aspect, which, um, which funny enough, I would sit on my couch and like, okay, so you're supposed to be tensing up your lower body. And, and what you don't realize is without being, you know, completely strapped in to the seat and having that, that pressure to hold you. Cause you know, I can get more into it later, but when you're in flight, their advice to me was you need to be trying to stand up in the seat. And, and you're not going to go anywhere because of those straps. But basically when we would go in the G's and it, it, you know, it didn't matter if he said it was going to be low G's or high, you know, I definitely didn't want to pass out. So I gave him my all every time. And, and basically I was trying to stand up in that seat and basically rip the seat off the rivets <laughs> was the feeling. So it's almost like a, being stuck in a full like dip for like uh, anywhere from five to 10 seconds. Uh, oh, you're trying to have your stomach pushed out like somebody's going to punch you in the stomach so you don't have an effect on that. And then ultimately the other advice was to uh, 
to keep your upper body relaxed, but, you know, keep your neck engaged as well. So, um, it was interesting. I, I, I told the, told the boss when I got out of the plane, you know, I, the same thing here, I was at home trying to do, <laughs> trying to do this stuff, not knowing that the, the seat support is pretty much the key to that exercise. So if anybody was ever going to, I think I told Erica, if anybody was ever going to try to practice that move to get some type of apparatus that curls around your shoulders that you could stand up into and put as much pressure against that to get that effect. Well, let's talk about the night before, you know, did you sleep or nerves or, I mean, you seem pretty relaxed in the video I've seen of you thus far. Yeah. So, you, you know, for me, so, okay, well, let me go ahead and answer your question. So I think I got four hours of sleep, <laughs> uh, but it wasn't more of a nervous thing. I was just like, um, just kind of energized, I would put, you know, and, and I definitely am kind of thinking about the process. And, and for me, it was very important going into this to be able to perform well. And, and, you know, this is kind of part of what it's like to have a father that I had is to me, there, there, there can be some pressures of trying to live up to a name and you definitely have to, have to manage that to not let that kind of take over your life. But, but there is that aspect. So for me, you know, I was excited for the flight, but a lot of it was I, I just I really want to perform well. Like I don't want to throw up and I don't want to pass out in the flight. Like I want to make the all the teams proud, you know, my dad's team proud, everybody that's involved. You know, I want to see what I personally have, like if I can withstand like this flight, you know, see if it would have carried on. You know, there was a bunch of kind of questions that were going to be answered and i was hoping that they <laughs> they would all end up on the positive side um so really it was just like kind of a mental preparation and a lot of that too was trying to keep myself in a calm perspective you know and and not let the nerves kind of grab a hold of you or um you know, definitely excited to fly in the plane, but, you know, to me, there was a mission to it too. And, and that's kind of the, the purpose of what we're talking about too, is it wasn't just about me. It was about the association and the memory and everybody involved. So there, for me personally, I felt like there was a part that I needed to fulfill to, to kind of round off this whole whole dedication and experience. Yeah. Well, spoiler, when people see the video, you killed it, but uh, you had Bill Switzer who was on your dad's team in 1971 uh, in the briefing with you. Oh yeah. It was incredible to have Bill there. Like I've pulled him multiple times. Strange enough. Um, they've been spending a ton of time in California, right down in LA. I'm in Santa Barbara. So you're talking about maybe, an hour's difference and they spend a lot of time with their uh ground grand, grandchildren um so it actually just worked out really great having them there and i've had a lot of interactions with bill and we 
definitely click together. I, you know, the way I describe him or I described him to my wife, I said, you know, I think Bill's a lot like me just without the anger issues. <laughs> and my wife kind of gets a kick out of that. Um, but we just, we operate, it seems like under like the same mind thought and, and just kind of how we view the world. So it was a really good match up to have him there and he he definitely had stories that that blew their mind when i was um being when i was in the room and they were going through everything and bill told a funny story of you know there was a maneuver he was first doing when he got into the blues and when he would get out the top he would he would convulse for a little bit and he would tell man i just i don't know what's going on with that but it goes away and i guess it kept happening and Finally, he brought it up to uh, one of the team members and they literally said, uh, oh, we we're wondering when you're going to mention that. <laughs> but this kind of like, oh, this blew their mind in the room. They were like, that's not normal and that shouldn't be. <laughs> so, you know, long story short, like love Bill. Great experience. Great story. Um, just really nice to have him there. Um you know, Bill's the type that kept thanking me for having him there where I told him, you know, that the reality, Bill, is it's completely the other way around. Like, you know, I'm here as a representation, but, you know, he obviously has put his time in, his effort, um, done everything, you know, amazing career. And really the pleasure was all mine to have him there. And it, it really meant a lot to me. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Bill is fantastic. And, and that story you told about the, the convulsing there, he shared on a video here. So if you haven't seen and are not aware of Bill Switzer's career, uh, flew with the Blue Angels from 1972 and well, 1971 to 1972 and, uh, full of good stories. But, uh, so then you walk out to the jet. Did you know that they were going to have your name on the side of the jet? Cause that's, that's pretty darn special to see the name Harley Hall on a Blue Angel jet in, uh, 2023. Yeah, I did not. And, and, you know, it, it was mind blowing, but it wasn't like a shock that they would do that because, you know, that is the experience when you're, when you're dealing with the Blue Angels is that's just the type of, of people that, uh, that they are that, you know, that's what goes from exceptional to beyond exceptional is is they're they're looking at everything and everything they can do for uh individuals but yeah it it definitely did blow my mind it's just one thing after the other um you know the other thing that that blew my mind that really kind of was a reality check is right before we went out there uh lieutenant commander zimmerman comes in the room the the pilot and uh i think my wife described it best after the experience i go man did you see the build on him <laughs> i mean he looked like a post-college olympic wrestler like the way he was built like i was like i need to step my game up just looking at him but erica was like he he literally looked like captain america <laughs> so it you know it really started right there and in the room, you know, he came up and, you know, went through, we can, 
we can do whatever you want, you know, and kind of went through. And, and for me, really, and, and this was there before we ever stepped on base, was to make sure that it was going to be a good experience for him as well. That was very important to me. Um, so I told him, no, you know, we should do what we're going to do up there and, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and, and I'll get more into that later, but, uh, you know, he definitely, uh, lived up to that comment, which was, which was great. 6.2. Yeah, that's incredible. Why don't we get into the flight then? Uh, I saw the videos you sent me. Uh, I mean, right off the bat, when you get a ride with the Blue Angels, you start off, you go right for it, a high-performance climb, usually hit about five or six Gs on that initial takeoff. You, Your reaction <laughs> in all these videos is, I've never seen anyone that calm in a Blue Angel that's doing Gs like that. And uh, if anything, you were just excited, but, uh, you know... I would love to hear your experience going through that. So, yeah, it, you know, right from takeoff, you know, if you watch the video, we'll, we'll definitely get it out there. Um, he says, are you, are you ready for some military power? And, and that's why I'm laughing is it's, it's freaking raw. And if you think like taking off in one of these buses is an experience, like it is. I think we were up in the air in probably less than like five seconds, you know, maybe faster. So you're feeling like that acceleration is already just amazing. So I'm, I'm laughing like, Oh my, you know, I feel like the, like coyote with the rocket strapped to his back at that point. And in it, I really love Lieutenant Commander Zimmerman because he, he took it all like to a good level. Like that initial climb, I think, was supposed to be about 4.5. We took off, and that was a wake-up call. Like that, you'll hear me say at the top, like nobody would ever understand unless you experienced it, the amount of Gs that, like what that feels like. I've never, never have like come close to feeling anything like that on my body, like in my life. Like it was completely dumbfounding and then we get to the top and i'm still kind of laughing about it <laughs> like oh my god that's freaking insane and it's like how many g's did we do there oh he did 6.2 and and i remember mentally going well i didn't pass out so that's a good sign <laughs> and then it just kind of went from there you guys went out and flew over the uh over the ocean what do you talk about between you know, cause you, it's not like you hop right into maneuvers, right? You fly for a little bit before you really get into it. Well, okay. So this goes back to, you know, just how much I really liked him was it wasn't like that. So we got out there and he, and I think I asked him a question and then realized that, uh, the air traffic was talking to him because you can slightly hear that in the background. So we're just leveled off. And he, I think he says, you know, give me one second. I just got to like deal with this. I could hear they're telling him like, 
kind of some ranges and whatnot. And then he went right into it. He's like, okay, Harley, so we're going to start out with like a 2G pull, you know, nothing to do here. And we went into that. And then you would stop. Okay, you ready, Harley? And this is why I told my wife was there was rarely any, any like breaks. Like we definitely were able to accomplish so much in that time where, you know, your breaks, okay, we're going to do four Gs. Okay, you ready to bring it up to six Gs? We're going to do six Gs. You know, you got a couple seconds. Okay, you ready? We're going to bring it up to this many Gs. And, you know, it, it physically, um, I think a couple people have asked me, you know, what was it like, Harley? I literally told them it was probably one of the most physical things I've ever done in my life. That, that was the perfect description of, doing these G's it, it, that that's really what I learned the most about is I think a lot of people view you know oh I can do that and I could I you know as long as I could be upside down then yeah I could do it no, no, no. it comes down to if you physically can handle these G's and be able to sustain your energy to be able to fly these planes as a workout in its own. Are right, you ready for it? Uh -huh. All right, here we go. Ready, hit. Nice legs. Rep. Here comes the initial pull. Keep it going. Keep that breath. Check for you at your 11 o'clock. The other interesting thing, you know, I told you a lot about, you know, trying to stand up out of the seat. Like I, I gave that my all, like every time. I think that's how I basically survived it and did not pass out. Um, there was one point where he, he was like, okay, we're going to do a higher G, you know, get ready. And you can feel, he'll put in afterburner and you'll, if you watch the video, you can see sometimes my helmet will go back. That's not me. That's, that's the acceleration of these planes. And he hit a G. It's the only time where instead of me kind of holding my breath and then grabbing breaths, I'm just uh, in, in the video. And we come out of this after about seven seconds. And I, I asked him, I go, how many G's was that? He goes, that was 7.5. That's pretty good. <laughs> but, um, you know, during that, that G, um, you could feel it coming in. Like you, you start to get fogged down. And I, I remember thinking, Oh no, this is like, I don't know if I'm going to make this one. And I got it here. And then I was able to like hold it there. And enough to get out of this G pole and, and was lucky enough to, to be able to do the 7.5 G's. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, in addition to the G's, I mean, you're also rolling, right? And so there's maneuvers where there, it's not necessarily G, but it's more about the roll. How did you do with that type of upside down profile as far as, you know, your inner ear sounds like you did really well based on the video I saw? Um, you know, I, I, that's never really messed with me too much, but you know, you have to comprehend like there's a little bit of 
exhaustion going on off of basically what I told you of like, you're squeezing so hard uh, that it's such a workout. So then when you start doing all these turns, you know, you're also fatigued and it, it wasn't the turns that, that, that got, you know, started to get to me. Like there is definitely like a level of some nausea that was going on. But for me, it was like, you just freaking deal with it. Like, don't, don't let that get you. And <laughs> like, you know, I had two goals up there to, to not get sick and to not pass out. And um, so there definitely was an element of trying to manage that a little bit. Um, but, you know, I've never had a problem like being upside down, doing anything like that. Like I, I've, I've been on a lot of fishing boats where like the whole boat is throwing up and sick and I'm just leaning against the rail kind of laughing. <laughs> like it just, it does, like I don't really get seasick off based off of the boats that I've been on. You know, I haven't been up in Alaska where you're going to get sick, but, um, but I've just always had like, a little bit of ability or notice like that just doesn't seem to affect me that much. So to me, uh, those were kind of the easier parts to me. Uh, but like I said, there definitely was kind of like trying to manage a little bit of nausea because you would do some of these things and it would increase a little, and then you would come out of that and then you would kind of manage it down. And then we would start on another thing. And you, you know, you, there was a, just a part where, where that was in play a little bit, but I was able to, to come out of that, you know, which was really, really good. When they send you up, they put two, uh, two bags on, or a bag on each of your thighs under the strap. And they're, you know, if you get sick, they're right here for your hand. I remember just looking down at those, like, don't use those. <laughs> like, don't, don't let that happen. You know, when, when I returned and they opened the canopy, uh, Sean, who was just freaking amazing, the crew chief, I told him, well, we did 7.5 G's. I didn't puke and here's the bags. <laughs> All right. So there everyone is down to the right. You ready for it, Harley? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Ready. I think one of the, 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 uh, the better moves or just more, more in, I don't want to say more enjoyable, but funner was, you know, the last one where we do the carrier pass. So we came right up the runway, you know, and there's a crowd out there. And I remember that, uh, Lieutenant Commander Zimmerman asked me, he goes, all right, we got one more we can do, you know, and we're going to do this carrier pass. You want, uh, you want five, six or seven G's. And <laughs> I kind of regret saying it now. I was like, I guess I'll do the, f the six. <laughs> and he goes, okay, yeah, no problem. And we come in over the runway and we held this turn for, I think I counted it out for probably eight seconds. And it was, it was strange. I'll, I'll have to go back into this as well. That one I would, was easy to maintain for me and there's an explanation behind it 
But when we came out of it, I said, well, how many G's we do there? He goes, yeah, we got up to about seven. <laughs> so, you know, that, that was my appreciation for him. And really something that kind of stood out was, you know, that's what they're about is, is really pushing people to get your, your full potential. And, and I just, I have a lot of respect that he did the flight he did with me because obviously I was able to, to pull it off. I guess you would say, like, I, I was able to do the maneuvers, do the G's, not get sick. Um, the biggest thing I learned, too, was there was a 6.5 G, I think we did, like, in the middle of this flight. And that one, it was strange. It was like, wow, this, I was like, that was a good one. That was like, no brainer. And he said, you know, if you get on top of these G's, meaning like you digging good from the beginning, like you'll breeze through them so much easier than if you get behind the G and you have to fight your way back. You're you're gonna work like two times as hard, three times as hard. And um I couldn't help to envision like when they say who's the better pilot, you know, to me what I gathered out of the experience is yeah, the skill of flying the airplane, but more who physically can endure longer and, and do, take these G's. Like if you've got a guy who can sustain G's at this level for five seconds and this guy's rocking it at eight seconds, well, that guy's probably going to come out on top, you know, and that that's, that's why they look the way they do. You know, they even told me on the ground, the crew chiefs, like these guys are ultimately in the shape of professional athletes, you know, and, and that's what you have to be, you know, to to really be the best or, or to, you know, I just, I keep going back to, it's, it's really the physical aspect plays such a part in, in the role to me of, of what it takes to be such a good pilot. Yeah, it's uh, you mentioned your carrier break there at the end. That's another video I saw, and that's what really solidified that you're made of something different, my friend. Because I've seen people do that. I've watched a lot of backseat videos, and people are grunting and making all sorts of noises. You were so even keeled in uh, in that pass. I've never seen anyone take that uh, the way that you did. So it's interesting you call that out. Um, so you touched down on the ground, man, and then. Uh, I mean, you got special, some special people waiting for you. Your sister was there. Your mother was there. Your wife was there. And I think I saw, it was Bob, I think you even mentioned it, but Boss Armitas and, and some others came out to greet you uh, when you landed. Yes, yes. So uh, the whole team came out to greet me, which was just exceptional. Um, you know, basically they opened that canopy. Um, Lieutenant Commander Zimmerman came back. You'll see in the video, took a selfie you know, thanked him. There's a lot of parts when we get the whole flight footage that he does bring up my dad on the landing and, and more of the performance and, and a lot of very, very like heart touching things. So, you know, complete respect for him. Uh, but ultimately when we landed, he came back, you know, we did a handshake. He did a quick selfie. Crew chief comes up, Sean, who I, love just amazing I did just really amazing individual and you know told him how it went down he seemed genuinely happy I know Erica mentioned that she really thought uh Lieutenant Commander Zimmerman was 
really pleased with the flight, which I was happy about. I mean, that's something that, that really I wanted to happen. You know, I didn't want this to be something cheesy for them or, or just a, like, not a great experience. You know, I, I'm just really happy <laughs> that like I reacted the way I did. You know, I was going to ask you if at any point you had a significant moment of reflection. I know there's been times that I've been around the team and I feel this moment of reflection with my own grandfather, but it sounds like you, the whole time you were having this moment of reflection and, and it's clear in the way that you're, you're sharing your stories and, and just relaying the experience back to your father and, and acknowledging just how great the team is today. Yeah. You know, naturally kind of, the way I approached it, it's a good point. Like you brought it up that there, there was a goal here for me of, of how I envisioned the flight. And it very much wasn't about me hardly getting a flight to me. In fact, I wanted that to be the, the least of, of the aspects of the day, you know, of like what it meant. So that's that's really something that I concentrated on for like the month before. You know, I, I've told multiple people I'm kind of just more. I mean, it may sound a shouldn't sound bad, but more of a pawn in the grander scheme of of like what this day is supposed to be. You know, I'm strictly there as a representation of my father, and and that's how I treated it. And the effort put into the flight, you know, that's probably why it had that that outcome along with just probably some luck of genetics as well. Um, you know, I, I've yet to even tell anybody this, you know, I haven't told my wife. Um, I did have like a really weird experience where um, after everything was said and done, we went and watch the air show and I think there was a it was at the very end where the diamond was pretty low and they were pretty far out and they were headed out um kind of over the water and there was really kind of that picturesque like orange California sky and you could still see like their smoke and they were heading out into the horizon and I I got this really um really strange feeling over me where uh it was almost like somebody was it was a calming effect and somebody was telling me like you know it's like things are done and it's okay to kind of let go a little bit of um kind of some of the harder aspects of you know what it's been like to kind of grow up this way and it almost felt like a little bit of closure to me it was it you know naturally kind of emotional but um it was very strange it was almost like you know some feeling that my father was sending down like it's time to let some of it go and uh kind of keep going with your life and always remember but not hold on to so much pain that's beautiful, man. And I, you know, I have no doubt that he was looking down, smiling and really proud of you on uh, Friday. And yeah. I know so many people are proud of you after it went public on Facebook, the Blue Angels made that post. My phone blew up, you know, just because they know how much, you know, 
I talk about your dad and love your dad. And so I'm sure I can only imagine just your phone has been ringing off the hook ever since. Yeah. You know, the, the thing is, is I, I barely told anybody, like I, I'll start to reveal it a little more. Um, I've always been a little, I've never wanted to draw that attention. Like I would love to tell the story, but I never wanted to come off as attention for myself. So through my life, like I've been very, very careful. Like I've known people for like, I have a college roommate that I was around for five years, had no idea, you know, and he's just kind of finding out through Facebook posts and whatnot. And it, it's hard, you know, I still ask my question why I kind of do that. And I, I think it's, I just, I don't ever want anybody to think that I'm trying to get that attention for myself. So it's a very hard thing for me to, to juggle, to be able to make sure the message is being understood in the right way. Um, I've seen a couple of times in the past where it's been a little different where some people that, you know, I definitely know, but aren't like super close, like I've told and uh, it's, it's strange though. They'll look at you in a different way. And to me, it's a little confusing because, you know, it's very important for everybody to remember that, you know, those accomplishments were strictly my father's. Like I, those were not my accomplishments, you know, and sometimes I've seen like, you know, there'll be a, a different reaction and that's just, not the case. You know, I don't know what it is about that, that maybe I'm just not understanding correctly or, or, or whatnot. But, but the older I get, especially, you know, in the last um, eight years, I, I definitely have been more open about it. I think it's a good thing for me, like mentally to, to be able to like talk about this a little more. Um, but yeah, so I think, <laughs> I think at my work, like I told my boss and I have told maybe two other people, but it's always the same message. Hey, look, like, don't tell anybody about this. Like, I don't want like a lot of people knowing, like, as far as like, whatever, all the social media, like that's totally fine. You know, I think it just comes down to a, a paranoia thing with me of it not wanting to come off like I'm bragging about something. So I'm, I'm a little more reserved about it. If it comes from somewhere else, then, then that's totally has a different effect. Like that, that's totally fine with me. Yeah. Well, um, let's wrap it up. I'd love to, if you're open to it, maybe have both you and your sister back on and talk a little bit more about your dad and your experience. If you guys would be open to that, no pressure. Of sure, course, but, sure. uh, you know, I love you. I love your family. You guys have been so kind to me over the years. And, uh, I still fondly recall the beautiful experience that you and Erica curated for me when I came down to Santa Barbara to visit. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to hanging out again real soon. Yeah, of course. Hey, I have one more thing, Ryan. Let's bring yeah. in Erica since she, uh, initiated sure. the fly. Yeah. Through. I mean, she's, she's co-producing this. Yeah. Erica, you want to come in? <laughs> this is my favorite part. <laughs> well, she's, she's the cinematographer for this episode. So a lot of the footage you see in this episode is courtesy of Erica. 
Yeah, she's definitely the one that has reached out and (laughs) made a lot of this possible. So, you know, a lot of the uh, thanks goes to her as well. (laughs) Yeah, well, thank you, Erica. (laughs) Yeah, well, thank you for all your help in producing the episode and all the great photography and pictures that I got to live vicariously through you and and, uh, watching you take some of those Gs like a, a pro. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, like I said, definitely happy about it. You know, I hope it's very entertaining. 